The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast. There's a brand new podcast out called Boldly Me. It's uh, now available on Nova Player, wherever you get your podcast. It's a beauty, this one. And uh, Chloe Hayden is at the helm of it. Uh, we know Chloe from a variety of projects, but uh, she joins us now for a bit of a chat. Good morning to you, Chloe. How are you going? Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm good. How are you? We're good. Or should we call you Quinny, of course? Uh, the, the, most recently, <laughs> the 2022 Netflix reboot of mm. Heartbreak High, an Australian classic, which you were uh, very much involved with. I love this um, series. Everyone's talking about it. My um, daughter, I've got a daughter now who's 19. She watched the one before this one. But the one I really remember which was way before, what year were you born, Chloe? <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, 97, so yes. like coming towards the end of the original. No, 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 the original, the, original the in my head. The was like 80s, wasn't the heartbreak, it? The Heartbreak Kid was in 1993. Oh, the movie. So were they linked? What was the Heartbreak Kid? That was with Claudia Carvin and Alex Demetrius, uh, the school, set in the school. It's yeah. the same, is it the same kind of storyline in Heartbreak High? Because Heartbreak Sorry. Kid was set at Heartbreak High at a school. Right, yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. It's the same universe so it's got the same grit it's got the same rawness and realness that the original series and I haven't seen the movie but I'm assuming the movie had was a similar thing um but it is set in the same universe it's still set at Hartley High it's the same sort of deal I was gonna say I'm glad that the name of the high school is was not Heartbreak heart break High they've actually got <laughs> another name like if Suze if, if you move to town you go we're gonna, we're gonna put the kids this into Heartbreak High true, yeah I'm mean, a full scholarship at Heartbreak High <laughs> <laughs> that would be outrageous but that's um do you enjoy that that process, the, the acting side of things, ton of fun. Oh, I love it. I've wanted to be an actor for my entire life. So to have heartbreak being kind of what set it all off and getting to play such a beautiful autistic character and also having such a beautiful team both on camera and off camera was such a beautiful step into the industry. And, and you, you, your character has autism, is that right? And then you yourself yes. are diagnosed with 12 autism years ago, and man. ADHD yeah. at the age of 13. So well, I guess that's that's something that probably helped you, did it, in, in uh, bringing Playing the character it, yeah. to life? Absolutely. I was really, really set on ensuring that people knew that Quinny was autistic rather than just coded as autistic and kind of, you know, oh, she's just quirky and she has a couple of traits. It was really important to me that we actually had a very specified autistic character. Um, and Quinny is so similar to me in so many aspects. I think the only difference is that she has a much better support group than I did at her age. And she's a lot more confident than I was at her age. Um, but I was definitely able to use so much of my own experiences in um, both helping to write her and also in playing her as well. I think a lot of people my age, a lot of middle-aged women, are getting diagnosed now with autism and ADHD after the fact. What are the main um, symptoms? Oh, what, symptoms is the wrong word, isn't it? But how come they no, missed? No, no, you can say symptoms. Symptoms. What are the well, main traits? I think one of the massive reasons as to why a lot more older people are starting to get diagnosed now is because for a very long time we've had such a wrong idea and a wrong stigmatization into what autism and what ADHD are, you know, we saw autism as a young boy who was nonverbal and was obsessed with trains, or we saw them as Sheldon Cooper and Rain Man and, and What's Eating Gilbert Grape. We saw them as these very, very set stereotypes. And similar to ADHD, we see, um, an, again, a young boy um, jumping off the walls on red cordial, possibly from bad parenting. We see false ideas of what ADHD and autism actually are, not 
what it really is. Um, and now that a lot of younger people are now getting diagnosed as autistic and ADHD, a lot of their parents, my mom is, she won't mind me saying this, my mom is quite literally right at this very second getting her ADHD diagnosis. Um, as is the rest of my family, every single one of them are currently on meetings like with doctors mm. to get their own ADHD diagnosis because for so long when I got my ADHD diagnosis, they were like, you're not ADHD, you're just like the rest of us. Oh. <laughs> ah. and, so, and so what happens once you've been diagnosed as an adult with ADHD? You're like, what, what, is there treatment? Is there uh, – what is the protocol? So – for a lot of it, both for autism and ADHD, yes, there is additional support that you can access if you have an official diagnosis. You can, not, not for ADHD yet, but for autism, you're able to access the NDIS, you're able to access um, more supports, more helps, um, and access what you need. Uh, and then similarly for ADHD, you're able to access medication and extra additional support and all that sort of stuff. I think the biggest thing overall, though, is having a better understanding of your mind. I think that is the greatest thing of actually getting a diagnosis is I understand my brain a little bit better now. What I once thought was wrong and broken and not supposed to be is actually just the, my, the way that my mind naturally is supposed to work. And I think that is the best part of getting your diagnosis is gaining that further understanding. And, and is there a connection then between that and the podcast? Because, I mean, you, you're obviously interviewing people on the podcast. It seems like the people you're interviewing have, have come overcome some kind of adversity in life, not necessarily ADHD or, or autism, but uh, is, is there a connection between your experience and those that, of the people that you interview? For such a long time, I grew up thinking that I wasn't supposed to exist because I never saw anyone like me. I want to make sure that young people now and, and humans in general, because you don't have to be young to be feeling this, don't have to go through what I did. And so on my podcast, I'm bringing in people from all walks of life that are so colorful and so bold and so authentically them and are doing the most mind blowing things because of being them and because of embracing what makes them them instead of changing to fit into what society wants them to be. Um, and this is people from all walks of life. It's people that are disabled, whether it be visible or invisible. Um, if we've got um, Rosie Jones and we've got Dylan Elcott, we've got Grace Tame, we've got the most incredible disabled people who mm. are absolutely changing the game, but we've also got incredible LGBTQIA advocates. Um, we've got the Ned Brockman one I'm interested in. Ned, we've got Ned Brockman. We've got people. So we've got people from all walks of life. We've got people that no matter what your own journey is, no matter where you are in your own journey, hopefully there's going to be at least one, but probably several people on this podcast that you're going to be able to go, okay, mm. I see myself in them. Boldly Me is the podcast that uh, Lutzi's talking about there with Chloe. It's now available on the Nova Player. Yeah, looking forward to this Or one. wherever. You, you get your podcast. Chloe Hayden, as uh, Sue said, you can see Chloe on the reboot of Heartbreak High. Look forward to seeing on you on Netflix. Big, big screens and small screens. You're a super talent. That's exciting. We'll follow your progress. But thanks for having a chat with us this morning. Chloe Hayden. Thank you. The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast.